Genesis chapter 37, verse 1. Are you there? I said it like five minutes ago. You're already there? Okay, sweet. Well, I can go back to the Bible. Should I open it on here? Okay. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17. Anybody in here 17? Sweet. A man of 17 was tending the flocks with his brothers. Anybody tend flocks? You guys are liars. Tending the sheep. I like it. Who said that? Come on, baby. Tending the sheep. Tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. We won't go into Bilhah and Zilpah. In case one of you knows a woman named Bilhah or Zilpah. His father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Uh They're mean to me. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. He was loved more than any of his other brothers. See, that's me. My parents loved me more than any of my other brothers. They're here. They'll, They'll testify. Yes. That's right. Hear that? That's my dad. I don't have a brother. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gather around mine and bow down to it. It's a big dream. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more, all the more. That sounds like a place in Lord of the Rings. All the more? Baltimore? Isn't it something like that? I don't really watch that very much. All the more. Now I'm lost. All the more. Because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream. He told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will, will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow down before, on the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Let's pray. Father, God, we thank you so much for this night, God, another night to worship you, to, to come before you, God, to learn more about you. God, we're asking that you would be in here tonight, God. We know that you are with us and you are in us, but God, we're asking that you would magnify your presence tonight, God, that we would feel you, that we would know you closer and more intimately. God, use me to speak your word tonight, God, and help us to all have ears to hear tonight. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, he had a big dream. He had this dream that his brothers, he's got 11 brothers, 11 of them, and they're probably all bigger than him. I just made that assumption. But they're older. Most of them are older, right? And so, 
one of 11, and he comes up to all of his brothers and he says, my brothers, I had this dream. You, pretty much, you all bow down before me. And they're probably thinking, well, that's a big dream. That's not going to happen. They already didn't like the kid. Okay, he's like the annoying little brother that gets everything. He's got this nice little robe that he wears all the time. They hate him. They hate that robe. They hate his looks. They probably hate everything about him. They don't want to even talk to him. But he comes and he shares this big dream and says, you're going to bow down before me. And his brothers hated him even more. He said, I'm, they said, we're going to make sure that, you, that this dream doesn't come true. Because we hate you so much. We're going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Even his father was puzzled. Wait a minute. We're going to bow down before you? What does that mean? Where are you going with this? But see, Joseph had this dream and he believed that God had given it to him. He believed that this was a real dream and he was excited about it. You might say he's a prideful, arrogant little kid just telling everybody that they're going to bow down before him. But I think he had confidence in this dream that God had given him. He had confidence that this was going to happen and he believed it. He told somebody that he believed it. See, when we believe something, all right, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, we tell somebody. He believed that dream. And he came to his brothers and he told them he was excited. And what did they do? They crushed his dream. They smashed it. They said, that's not going to happen. That's a stupid dream. They come out with their big old crushing hammers and start smashing that dream. That's not going to happen. See, I think a lot of times we have dreams, big dreams, big ideas, plans for our lives, plans that, that maybe God has for us or maybe just plans that, that we think are pretty sweet. And there's people in our lives that come around with their big hammer and crush them. You couldn't do that. You want to be a professional basketball player? You're like five foot nothing. You can't jump. You can't dribble. How are you going to be a basketball player? That is terrible. But, but there's people that, that crush our reality. We, we think, man, I could really do that. Somebody else says, are you, have you seen yourself? Really? You? I'm not the one who said this. You guys are like mad at me. Okay, I have been known to be a, a dream crusher at times. Somebody say, yep. Yep. It's true because sometimes it's hard for me to see outside of my idea of reality. And so when people come to me with big dreams, I think, that's not realistic. You couldn't build that by yourself. Are you kidding me? Really, you? I wouldn't say it like that, but I think those things sometimes. My wife is an amazingly big dreamer. She has awesome dreams and awesome plans. And without doing it on purpose, I have a tendency to take a hammer and smash them. I know, it's mean, it's horrible. I'm growing, all right? Bear with me, pray for me. That's what I said earlier, you got to pray for me. But she'll have these ideas, man. We could have this big old house, and then we could have this deck. And this deck is going to wrap all the way around our house. And it's going to come out like 50 feet, and it's going to be huge. And then it's going to come down. 
You're going to have stairs that goes down. And it's going to have a little landing right there. And then it's going to curve around like this. Why, you're going to curve the wood? How are you going to do that? You know, and then it's going to come back down again. And then it's going to go around the whole backyard. I mean, she just got these big plans and these amazing dreams. And I think it's awesome. Except I bring reality to him. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I work at the church. <laughs> no. <laughs> I say, oh, how, how is that going to happen? I go, well, it's going to take like 537 pieces of two by fours and then like 15, 16, 27, 38 four by fours. And then you got to dig these holes. I'm like, man, that's going to take a long time. That's going to take a lot of effort. And then I got to get a bunch of friends to come over and help me and hope that they actually help me. Come on, I got this section right here. And and they're going to come pound some nails with me, and then I'm going to have to go buy the right equipment because I don't have the right equipment or borrow them from somebody. They'll probably charge me because I might break it. You know, and it's going to take all this effort and all this time. And I'm like, that is, that's ridiculous. Get, Get mad at me. Go ahead. I think that times. Okay, I'm being honest. I think we all think like that at times. We all have times where we think, man, that's, that's not even realistic. How could that really happen? Some of us are really good at dreaming big. But other of us kind of have, have trouble looking outside this box of reality. Because we think, well, that's not possible. I haven't seen that before. Raising somebody from, de- from the dead, that's unrealistic. I haven't seen that happen before. Somebody has no limbs, and you expect those limbs to just come right out? We're not lizards. Our tails don't grow back. We don't have tails, hopefully. I don't have a tail. But we have tendency to crush those and, be- and not believe outside of this box of reality. Outside, maybe some of our boxes are bigger. Maybe some of us can think for a while, but then we're like, well, maybe that couldn't happen. See, Joseph had this big dream that all of his brothers were going to come and they were going to bow down before him. And it wasn't a prideful dream. It was a dream that he had, and he wanted to share it with his brothers. He wanted to share the dream that he had because he believed it. He didn't share the dream and say, well, it's a ridiculous dream, huh? I didn't actually think it was going to happen, you know, as he's backing up and they're circling around him. He didn't say that. He said it with confidence. This is a dream I had. Because he believed it. He knew that God could do something through him. This man loved God. He served God. You know what his brothers did after they crushed his hopes? They threw him in a pit. And they wanted to kill him. Well, that'll, that'll shut him up. You know, he won't be sharing any dreams anymore once we kill him. But then one of the brothers jumps in and says, no, 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 let's not do that. That's mean. Let's sell him as a slave instead. So they sold him to the Egyptian that walked by. And then he gets hauled off to Egypt. But see, Joseph still doesn't lose heart. He doesn't say, well, man, I guess that wasn't a real dream. I guess that's not really going to happen. I guess I just made that up. Oh, well. No, he... He hung on to that dream. He believed in that dream. He believed that that was his dream. He believed that God gave him that. So he kept pursuing God. And while he was in Egypt, he kept serving God. 
He kept believing in him, and God gave him favor throughout the whole time he was there. And, and, and Potiphar put him above the whole land, above everybody else, because he had seen so much favor in him. He said, man, everything you touch prospers. Let's put you ahead of some things. Let's put you on the top. That was God working in him because he was faithful. He was hanging on to that dream that God had given him, and he was walking in it. He was believing it. He said, that's my dream. God has given this to me. He's birthed it inside of me, and I believe it, and I'm walking it out. And so he's above all the land besides Potiphar. And then do his brothers come and bow down to him? No, he gets thrown in jail. Works all the way up, gets to the top, thrown back in jail, thrown down. Not anything he did. Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And so he gets thrown in jail from it because he runs away. But while he's in, he's in prison, he's still being faithful. He's still being faithful. He's still walking in the promise that the Lord had, him, had for him. He didn't lose hope in it. He walked in it. He believed in it. He had this big dream, and he walked in it and said, God, I believe you for it. I, it doesn't matter if I'm in jail. It doesn't matter if I'm in a pit about to get killed doesn't matter if I'm a slave. I believe you for that dream, and I'm walking in it. Gabriel preached a message on Sunday, an awesome message. If you were here, you know it was amazing. If you weren't, get it on podcast. Abaloop.com.org, something like that. Org. Such a weird word, org. Okay. And he, he was speaking about Abraham, right? And he, he said, or God... God had opened Abraham's eyes and he said, Abraham, look up and count the stars. So Abraham looks up. You see all those stars? Yeah. Count them. One, two, three, four, five, fifty-six, fifty. No, counted that one. Do you keep multiplying them, God? Wait, hold on. I can't do that. God says, yeah, I know. But I can do that through you. I can do that through you. And he says, your seed is going to have that many descendants. As many as the sand on the seashore. The little pieces of sand on the seashore. He probably thinks, well, how is that possible? See, at this time, Abraham's 100 years old. He's up to his prime. Optimus prime. He's, he's, he's way up there, and his wife is barren. That's not her name. It means she... Just in case you're confused. Baron LeBaron. She, Baron Weiss, that's funny. She was barren. That means she couldn't have a kid. She couldn't physically have a kid, right? But God said, believe me. Believe me. So Abraham has faith. We look at this in in Romans chapter something, 11. Romans 4, it's close. 4.18, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, 
but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. God had the power to do what he had promised. So he clung on to it and he said, okay, God, I believe you. And he kept walking in that. And God gave him a seed. And God made him the father of many nations, just like he had promised. See, God doesn't give us promises that he doesn't fulfill. He doesn't give you a promise to get you excited and jumping up and down and serving for a little bit and then fall off. He gives you a promise because it's the way that he created you in the beginning and it's the potential that you have. Don't minimize it. There's a scripture, almost tripped, in Proverbs. Nope. Isaiah 55. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God has placed a dream inside of each one of you. God has placed a, a, a vision inside of you. God has a potential that he placed in you. And it's not the small amount of potential. It's not something that you can just grab onto. See, if it was something that you could just grab onto, then be yourself doing it. See, Abraham couldn't do that on his own. Abraham said, God, that is impossible. That is impossible. I'm 100 years old. My wife is barren. How is that possible? God says, that's not possible. That is impossible. But for me, it's possible. For God, all things are possible. See, in man's eyes, in our eyes, it's impossible. But to God, it's possible. But see, we have to look outside of that box of reality. If we stay stuck in that box and, and can't see outside, we're never going to fulfill the potential that God has placed inside of us. You know that God just spoke and the earth was formed? Earth, boom. Trees, boom. Animals, boom. He just spoke. Universe, bam. Stars, wow, look at those. He just spoke them into existence and they formed and they came together. When Jesus walked on this earth, he did the same thing. He walked with confidence and he spoke things into existence. Lazarus. Get out of the grave. I know you've been in there for four days. Get out of that tomb. Stand up and come out and show everybody. He was dead for four days. Just rose up, walked out. He healed the lame by saying, get up and take your mat. He spit in the dirt, made it into mud and, and put it in people's eyes and they could see. That doesn't seem possible. To us, that's impossible. But to God, it was possible. It was easy. He spoke, and it happened. And see, Jesus left us with a deposit of the Holy Spirit inside of us that enables us to do that same bit of impossibilities. But we have to believe. See, Jesus walked around and he said, do you believe that I can heal you? Yeah, I believe. Bam, they were healed. 
Do you believe? Yeah. Then you're healed. He would tell him, it's because of your faith you were healed. But see, he went back to his hometown and he started doing the same things and people weren't getting healed. Jesus didn't lose his power to heal people. They didn't believe. And because they didn't believe, they were not saved. They were not healed. They did not come to God. See, the only thing holding us back is our unbelief. The only thing that holds us from fulfilling our potential in the Lord is our unbelief. Man, that seems crazy. That's impossible. I don't think I could do that. Jonathan Brady, are you here? I saw you earlier. He's doing work. Jonathan Brady gave me this this word for me. Uh, Gabriel shared this last week. Like a, a year ago, he said that the Lord was giving me the keys to the city. Now, that's a big dream. That's a big vision. That, that seems impossible. I could say, well, that's impossible. Cool dream, though. Or I could believe that, you know what, God, in me, that's impossible. But through you, all things are possible. Because I have you inside of me, because you have my back, let's do this thing. Let's walk in these schools. You want me to knock on this door? Boom, I'm going to knock on it, and it's going to be open to me. I'm going to go to all the schools because God's opening the doors. I'm going to go to McLaughlin, even though they don't let people in there, but God will be able to let me in there. So I'm believing it in faith. But see, if I don't step into that, I'm never going to fulfill that. If I don't believe it in my heart that, that God has put this inside of me, maybe I can't do it on my own. No, I can't do it on my own. But with the power of God living inside of me, I can walk that out. I can walk into that. How are we, we going to see this, this whole city come to the Lord? By all of us standing in faith and believing. See, we don't see that right now. We don't see it happening because we don't see everybody in here. Well, where's the whole city? But if we stand in faith and we believe that God is doing a work inside of us, God's going to do a work inside of us. He's going to make it happen. He's going to make the the doors just flood wide open and people pouring in this place. But you all have to believe that God is doing something special in you and that you have the potential to fulfill it. If you don't believe that, if I don't believe that, we're not going to walk in the fullness of God. See, at the end of Paul's life, he says, I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. That means Paul had, had poured everything out, and he had fulfilled his potential. He had done everything that God had created him to do. He died without any potential left. He laid it all down before men. He led so many people to the Lord because he was faithful, because he had jumped on that vision that, that Jesus had put in him and told him, I'm going to take you to the Gentile world, and, and you're going to, you're going to lead them to me, and you're going to suffer big through it. And he did that. He suffered like crazy. But he was faithful, and he kept believing. He kept believing. He was in jail many times, but he kept believing. He was stoned with stones. He was stoned many times, but he kept believing. He was beaten, but he kept bleeding and believing. He held on to the, the vision that God had given him. 
that dream that God had given him, and he walked into it. No one else had a dream? Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. Man, that guy loved Jesus. Let me tell you something. He could preach, too. I was listening to his sermon last night. He spoke to over 200,000 people at the Lincoln Memorial, and he told them about this dream that he had. You know, I always thought it was I had a dream, but it was I have a dream. I have this dream. He says, I have this dream, and he walked in that. He walked in the dream that God had placed in his heart, and he was faithful to go and to preach to hundreds of thousands of white people and black people. He preached the word of God. He was preaching the Bible to them. He was preaching the Constitution to them. He was loving on these people, and he was making a stand because God had placed something in his heart, and he went for it. He had a big dream, but he was faithful, and God fulfilled that dream. And we have come so far in just that that 40 years, 47 years since he spoke that. 48 years. See, we got to have these dreams that God places in our heart. We got to grab a hold of these dreams that God gives us. Each one of us should have this dream or this vision from God. And if you haven't found it yet, you need to ask him for it. God, what do you have planned for me? Because I don't want to die full of potential. I want to lay it all out. You want to see this city change for Jesus? I'm serious. Do you want to see this city change for Jesus? Then it takes an army of believers standing in faith and believing. God, you're going to do a work in us. You're going to open up all the doors to this city. You're going to bring all the people in. We're just going to be faithful and walk in it. But look outside of that box of reality. Sometimes it's hard to look outside of that. But you got to have faith. You got to have faith. You got to believe. You got to believe God is doing a work. It's not you doing a work, it's God doing a work. But you got to allow Him to do it. See, you look at all these people in the Bible who did great things, it's because they believed that God was going to do something through them. Not because they were. The most powerful people. He used Gideon. Gideon said, I'm the weakest in my family, who's the weakest in our nation, whose nation is the weakest out of all nations. Pretty much he's the weakest one out of everybody. And he's saying, how can you use me? God says, just be faithful. Just be faithful. And he did a mighty work through Gideon. God can do a mighty work through each one of you. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your family history. It doesn't matter where your family is at right now. If you're faithful and you believe that God can do a work inside of you, God's going to do it. You just got to be the one to stand up and say, okay, God, I'm standing outside of this box of reality. It's kind of weird out here and, and I'm a little scared, but God, you can do it. God, I believe that you can use me. See, I could either cower back and say, man, that's a big dream. The whole, all the keys to the city. How about like four schools and, you know, a, a, like a mall or something? Will that be okay? No. That's not your full potential. There's more than that. There's more than that. Don't settle for, for seeing yourself as something less than what God has made you for. Because God 
is all-powerful God. He speaks things into existence. Why would he not want you to have a full potential, have this amazing amount of potential and do great things? He made you in his own image. That means he's got great plans for you, but you got to be faithful to walk them out. Are we going to be a generation that's faithful to walk out the things that God places in our hearts? The first thing we got to do is tell somebody. See, Joseph had this dream, and he told somebody. They tried to crush it, but he kept doing it. He told them a bigger dream. Take this one. It's even bigger. Mom and Dad, you're going to bow down too. He was faithful to walk forward and say, okay, God, I'm starting with this. I'm telling somebody. Now what do you want me to do? Okay, keep working hard. Okay, I'll keep doing this. Oh, I'm in a pit. Now what? Okay, I'll keep doing this. I'll keep walking in this. I'll keep, oh, I'm in jail. He's faithful to keep walking. Guys, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be difficult times. You're going to see that your dreams aren't quite coming to pass yet. And you're going to start thinking, God, you promised me this. What's going on? I'm in a pit now. My brothers are about to kill me. What? Now what? Keep being faithful. Keep holding on to that dream. Make that your reality. Don't stand in that box of reality that, well, I've never seen that happen before, so that can't happen. Step outside of that box and make that your reality. Make that dream that God gave you your reality. Nothing will come in your way. You might have some hardships. You might fall back a little bit, but you keep walking. You keep being faithful. You keep giving back. You keep holding on to that promise. If we don't hold on to that promise, if we don't first grab that promise, we're not going to see the things that God has placed inside of us. We're not going to fulfill the potential that God has for us. Will worship team come out? Up, oh, are they back there? We're going to have a time of response, but I want you to think about a few different things. First of all, there's this, this preacher, this message that really impacted my life. One of the most powerful things that he said, he said that he was driving around one day, and he was asking God, and he was praying to him, and he was asking, just asking him to speak to him and show him something. And as he pulls by this place, God says, right there, that place has the most potential in it. That place right there is full of potential. You want to know where the potential is? It's right over there. You know what that place was? Think it was a mega church? No. Think it was the Mall of America? No. Hollywood? Definitely not. Las Vegas? Was it a school, a university? No. It was a graveyard. It was a cemetery. He said that place is full of potential. And, he, and when he heard that, he just started weeping. God was telling him that so many people die full of potential because they didn't believe. They didn't stand to the promises of God. They didn't believe in God and walk in it. They were scared. They didn't believe it. They didn't know. 
And so they die full of potential. I don't want to end my life full of potential. I don't want to die knowing there was so much more I could have done. Not that I'm trying to work for it. Not that I'm striving. This is not a message on works. I don't believe that we should work to get into heaven. But I believe that we should believe in God. And we should believe in big dreams that God has given us. And we should cling to those dreams and say, God, this is now my reality. I believe that you are going to open up all the doors in this city and you're going to use me. So God, here I am. Which door do you want me to knock on? Which key are you giving me? See, if we don't walk out with this, this belief in knowing that God's going to do a work inside of us and God's going to fulfill his potential in us, we're never going to get there. But if we are a ministry and we are a church and we are a group of believers that walk in the power of God and the full authority of God, the doors are going to swing wide open. Let's fulfill the potential that God has placed in us. Can we do that? God has plans for you. God has a plan for you. There's three different groups of people tonight that that I feel like we need to respond to. Not respond to them, but they need to respond. The first group, maybe you've never accepted Jesus in your life before. You never thought that you had potential. You always saw yourself as just someone who'd messed up too many times. You always saw yourself as just not good enough. You just couldn't make it. Let me tell you something. You're made in the image of God. That's good enough right there. That's good enough right there. He designed you. He intricately designed you in the womb. He thought about you. He had plans for you. He had a vision for you, for you to prosper, not to harm you, but so that you would prosper. He has plans for each one of us, but we have to grab onto them. So the first group, I believe that there's people in here tonight that are going to give their hearts to the Lord tonight for the first time. But you've got to be faithful to step out. You've got to believe in your heart. The second group is people who, who have minimized their dreams. God has given you a big dream, but you could only step into part of it. You think, well, you said this, but how about just this? How about just three people to save, to lead to you? You're saying 20, that seems like too much. There's some people in this room that that you're minimizing the potential you have because you're afraid. I want you to come forward tonight. And then the last group, you've never had a dream. You believe in God and you believe that he can do great things, but you just haven't had that, that vision given to you or that dream given to you. God wants to give you a dream tonight. Everybody stand up, please.